Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today is June 5th, and it is a special bonus episode of the podcast. That's right. It's going to be a very fun one today. Had a good time talking some sports earlier this week on Monday with Bear Coatman, not to be confused with my guest today, Barry Dunn. So if you're interested in that, you can go back and listen. We talked about the finals. We talked about some Major League Baseball last week. It was less than a week ago. I had Parker Gatewood on. We previewed the finals. We talked a lot about the Raptors and what they're going to need to have to do in order to take down Golden State. And prior to that one, I had Rachel Gerhardt on. We talked about a lot of reality TV, The Bachelorette. Amazing Race, Survivor, The Challenge, and a little bit of Saturday Night Live. So if any of that piques your interest, go back, listen to that. This is my fourth podcast in about 11 days. So chugging along here, having a good time. Hope everyone's enjoying the summer. So today is going to be a really fun episode. We will not be talking sports today, which is why I mentioned all the other stuff you can go back and listen to if you were looking for some sports talk. So today, I'm going to be talking about a classic movie from my childhood, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, not the, not the series. We're talking about the film today from 2001. And now I'd like to welcome in our guest for today. It is Barry Dunn Jr., one of my longest friends that I've had in my life. I've known him since we were, I think, around two years old or so when he moved here. And we went to school K-12 through together. We watched this movie together plenty of times. Barry, was this your favorite movie as a kid? Uh, at one point, yes. I would, <laughs> I would definitely say that it was my favorite movie. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good pick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, geez, it was a long time ago, and when, when I watched this, I, I guess there's probably a ten year gap uh, between probably the last time I saw this and uh, when I watched it again about two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think back to the last time I watched it. It was like around 2007 or 2008, 2009. I remember it was on like. Yeah, it wouldn't have been 2009 because I no longer watched. Once I got into high school, I stopped watching Nick and Disney and all those shows. Yeah. But, yeah, junior high at some point before high school, I remember this movie would just be on sometimes on Nickelodeon, especially around the holidays. They would just put movies on, and I would always get sucked into watching this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But not even just the movie, but the the show too. When it when it came out, yeah. Um, and I guess that ran for a little while. Thought that the movie actually came out like a little bit later than it did, but uh, but uh, apparently it came out in like two thousand one. So that was when I was in, I guess second that grade. would be second grade. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because I for some reason I thought like the show came first and then the movie, and it's, I don't know. It's oh, kind of funny really? how how memory works. It's just kind of like you know, kind of jumbled everything up, but <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. That is interesting. And it's also interesting. I'm sure we'll get into this a little later on. It's interesting that the show was only on for about four years in terms of making new episodes. This show for as good as this movie was, and we're going to talk about how well it holds up, which will be a fun conversation 
this show was only on for a few years. It was on from 2002 to 2006. I could have sworn it was on for a little longer than that. And then you've got some of these other animated shows like SpongeBob or Fairly Odd Parents who have just been on. They've those shows have been on for like 20 years. Arthur, whatever. And to tell you, I know I was never a fan of Fairly Odd Parents, so I, it's kind of weird that this show didn't make it that long. Yeah, um, I mean, I I probably wouldn't have have classified it up there with the you know the legends like SpongeBob and, <laughs> and Fairly Odd Parents and all that, but I actually thought um that you know from a show that's derived from a movie uh four years for for a you know a tv show run like that is pretty good in my opinion but yeah i do agree with you and that that you thought it ran for longer um and i think you know it has to do with perception of time when you're a kid seems you know four years seems like a long time I was actually pretty impressed with with the run of four years, but um, yeah, it's I, I definitely wouldn't put it up there with with SpongeBob, which is like still going for I don't know what has it been like twenty years or something for yeah. that show. <laughs> it's ridiculous, crazy. Uh, yeah, I was never I was never big Fairly Odd Parents fan. That was not not my cup of tea. Did you like that one? Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, like occasionally here and there when when it was on, I w- I'd watch it. When, uh, you know, it wasn't on, I wouldn't, you know, go out of my way to, to find it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> but, you know uh, what else yeah. I should mention about this Jimmy Neutron series? And then I got another thing to add about the production of this movie. I did a little bit of research on. They made some pretty good TV, made-for-TV specials in terms of movies with this show if you remember that win loser kaboom one with tim allen that was a good one. Ooh, no i don't remember that one uh it was like a game show kind of like a survivor show where they had all these different planets races on some other alien planet it was kind of in a similar plot to at least in terms of these planets like the alien premise that we have in this movie and they have to compete and only one team is going to win and all the other teams, like all the other planets are going to get destroyed. Okay. Is this was a, a variant from a, from a movie, uh, like a TV show spinoff? Yeah. This was a Jimmy Neutron made for TV movie. Oh, I'm surprised you. you don't remember it. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. That's interesting. And well, I really, I was a big fan of the Jimmy Neutron show, so I'm, I'm surprised yeah. that I, I don't remember that. Yeah, but, you um, definitely had at least one Jimmy Neutron themed birthday party. I want to say. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I, I got some T-shirts and and stuff like that. One of my favorite <laughs> T-shirts when I was a kid was a Jimmy Neutron T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I just I really liked Jimmy Neutron. I liked science. I thought it was cool. Um, I thought I kind of identified with him a little bit as a kid. Um, yeah, I think you guys are pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't like, oh, this kid's my hero. I was like, mm, Jimmy Neutron's cool. I, I like Jimmy Neutron. So, <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, I think we definitely had a lot of sleepovers when we watched this movie, too. Honestly, I, I don't remember, but uh, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised, and I would, it, I would trust your memory on that one over mine, for sure. But I'm yeah, sure I, I watched I, it quite a quite a few times 
I have a weird memory. I just remember stuff like that the normal person should not remember, but <laughs> Yeah, you you do. And it's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So getting into how this film was made, something that was really interesting was that this movie was initially going to be the pilot for the TV series. And they showed it to Paramount. And Paramount was like, oh my gosh, this is really good. You need to make a full feature-length film out of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that I did not know. Yeah, so that's where this idea of like a TV show, like which came first, the show or the movie, that's where it can get a little confusing for people. And you could kind of see how it was able to stay on the air for four years as a former movie. It wasn't just some half-baked plan. We're like, oh, we had a good movie. Now we got to make a show out of it somehow. Yeah. The the show was ready to go. It started like maybe six months after the movie came out. That's kind of like exactly what I thought about. I was like, when I, when I finished the movie, I was like, okay, this was a, you know, it was a kid's movie and, Sure, there are plot holes and all that. That's not what I'm looking for in a movie like this. But overall, like, it's not, it wasn't like a half-baked movie. It was very well thought out. Um, it was just the right amount of funny and uh, just just appeal to kids and just also adults, too, with, is what I mean by, you know, the, the funny and, and the satire and the irony yeah. and all that. And... Uh, just overall, I'm like, they did a really good job on this, just coming up with the whole concept and the, the theme and, and just the dog, Goddard, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is well done. Um, it's and not, this, didn't seem like just a money grab to me. It seemed like they were just having, having fun and, and making, you know, a movie that was interesting and, and a, you know, obviously with the focus being on kids. This film was such a big success. It made $100 million at the box office, was nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film. It lost to Shrek. (laughs) This is so nostalgic thinking about all this stuff. But it was such a big hit that it pushed... It made Nickelodeon want to create, okay, we got to get more movies. We need to get more movies out. And so they did... Sort of the opposite of what you were just saying what Jimmy Neutron is. With the Hey Arnold movie the next year in 2002, I don't know if you remember that at all. Uh, No. No, I don't. (laughs) Well, it was the reverse where Hey Arnold, they have the series on and then they decide, all right, let's make a movie. And they had written, (laughs) this is also interesting because there was a Hey Arnold movie that came out about two years ago, made for TV, that was really, really good. And it was the plot where Arnold, if you remember, he doesn't know his parents. His parents got lost in the jungle a long time ago as doctors that were trying to help uh, some third world country. People don't have a whole lot of help with their health. So... This movie, Arnold goes and he looks for his parents in the jungle. That was supposed to be the plot for the Hey Arnold movie in 2002. But Paramount was like, yo, Nick, we want you to pump out a movie really quick. 
And so Nick was like, all right, we're going to just take this, some episode of Hey Arnold and try to stretch it out into a movie. And as a result, it was a big time box office flop. It didn't get good reviews. It was really lacking in terms of what Hey Arnold, I thought Hey Arnold was a really strong show. I don't, it sounds like you don't remember it very well. I, I remember, uh, you know, a little bit of the show, but I haven't seen it in so long that when I was a kid, I probably didn't understand a lot of the the themes and the, you know, what was really going on in the show. So I couldn't give like an accurate review, but I, I agree with you in that, you know, from what I remember, I can't really see, you know, it becoming like a, I can't really see them making a movie and then releasing it in, in theaters and it being something that's just amazing. I don't know. It just, from a TV show to a movie that's in theaters, it's, it's, you know, it's gotta be something, you know, really, uh, you know, legendary, like, like SpongeBob, in my opinion. That's why, you yeah. know, the SpongeBob movie did well, but I don't know. I just don't think, Hey Arnold was, was really big enough for that. And I, yeah, I think they, that's makes sense that they kind of rushed into, into doing that. And definitely, certainly the opposite, um, case from, from the Jimmy Neutron, um, movie. Yeah, and Jimmy Neutron, we can debate Hey Arnold any other day of the week, <laughs> but yeah. the Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, the movie, that's what put the pressure on and made that movie come out because this movie was such a big success, and I think that's interesting to note. Yeah, that, that is interesting. So I, was this the first movie that, that Nick made, it's honestly, or Nick oh, movies? Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Let's I, see. I don't know, that question just popped into my head. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's the first. I'm trying to see. Okay, so we forgot entirely about Good Burger. Good Burger. Okay, I don't even know what that is. but <laughs> It was with Keenan and Kel? Where they run a burger shop? And they had the sketches on all that? And this was like released in theaters and stuff. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. It's it's a weird movie. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember. Oh, okay, Rugrats movie. I do. Yeah, remember Rugrats that. movie. But was this? Oh stuff, my this goodness! Was in theaters. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Rugrats. But I was not a big Rugrats fan, but I'm sure some people like that. There were a couple Rugrats movies, and then you yeah. had Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, big hit, uh, and then you had. Clock Stoppers, Hey Arnold, the movie, The Wild Thornberries movie, Rugrats Go Wild, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. So in those early 2000s, they really started to crank them out. Oh, yeah, for sure. You could see, uh, you know, SpongeBob, uh, you know, pulled in 140 gross. So that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Jimmy Neutron was 103 and then Hey Arnold was fifteen million. That's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Ooh, jeez. I love oh, that they, show. I, it's a great show. Oh, they, Deserve better than that. Yeah. Well, at least they made money because their budget was three million. <laughs> that's that's a good point. <laughs> it's a pretty low budget though. For a, <laughs> yeah, it for really a movie. is. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk about. Let's set the stage here for Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. We'll have so many things to talk about along the way. How would you summarize briefly this plot, Barry? Well, 
you meet this kid, Jimmy Neutron, and uh, from the very get-go, you, you see that he's a genius. Um, he's made all these inventions that make his life easier, but make his parents' life harder because a lot of the time they don't work. Although some of them, some of them do work pretty well, like his, his uh, you know, hair dressing machine or whatever. Yeah. Is, I mean, it has to go through it like five times, and then finally it gets it right. But, you know, so... Um, Anyhow, so he's a super smart kid. Um, he's got to go to school um, that morning, um, and he misses the bus, finds a solution uh, to get there. Also, that totally blows up in his face, too, in front of everybody. It's pretty yeah, funny. Literally. <laughs> literally blows up. Um, no pun intended there. Uh, let's see. He gets to school, and uh, you, you meet the rest of the characters. Um and uh, let's see what happens after that. So then, um, uh, let's see. Well, they- essentially, you've got this kid who is, it's really interesting because we see two different sides of him early in the movie where you see like, wow, this guy's really smart. Yeah. And there are points where you're like, wow, he's really smooth. Like when you see him trying to butter up his mom and he's flying his jet pack and he's picking up all this stuff and he makes pearls out of clams and, or oysters and yeah exactly you see the smooth side but then you also see the not so smooth clumsy side where his inventions don't always work his right, best friend right. carl describes him as a hopeless failure <laughs> yeah yeah pretty ironic because he's incredibly smart so yeah <laughs> so in short a an eight year old boy is really smart, but also in over his head as a kid is, and he thinks it's a good idea to contact an alien life form. They come kidnap the parents, which is interesting because they don't kidnap the kids; they kidnap the parents. That's an interesting little twist on this movie. And then they have to go, and you've got this lawless society for a short bit and they have to go and rescue the parents and go into outer space and it's a really fun plot for kids and i think adults enjoy it too because it like you said it is very funny yeah i mean i i certainly enjoyed it for that reason and and for the nostalgia sort of effect as well (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's talk about some of these characters we've got jimmy's parents his mom, very smart. And then you've got his dad, Hugh Neutron, which is one of my favorite cartoon characters of all time. Yeah, he's he's a he's a goof and it's this is pretty entertaining. <laughs> um but yeah, I find it funny how, how smart his mother is and how you know the contrast to how stupid his dad is. <laughs> I mean complete idiot and in many ways so when i was in college i think it was my sophomore year my friends and i we had a lot of downtime as you do when you're a sophomore in college and we thought it was just fun to create a list of the top 30 nick characters between 2000 and 2010 this was kind yeah. of a blog slash podcast idea that we had and maybe we'll do it someday but hugh neutron was very high on that list yeah, he's a he is a uh, quite a character, quite uh, incompetent as well. But uh, 
at least his mom kind of balances him out yeah. or his wife and kind of balances him out in that way Hugh has some funny lines in this movie um also though he's not the parents aren't in this movie very long which is kind of I feel like I remember the outer space part being longer yeah I, I definitely do too yeah in fact I remember the whole movie being a lot longer it was only <laughs> An hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> so 82 minutes. Yeah, it's not that long. But as a kid, when you watch a movie and you can't sit still, if that feels like a long time. Yeah, absolutely. The perception of time changes, and that's why everything feels a lot faster now. Yeah, it's true. So Hugh Neutron loves two things, Barry. You know what those two things are that he's obsessed with? I'm pretty sure ducks is one of them. Ducks are one, yes. And the other, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, because they don't really get into this in the movie. I thought they did. It's more on the show. But his two obsessions are ducks and pie. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I remember the pie thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I wonder, like, how they came up with that, like, like why <laughs> and i guess i'm just thinking they you know they're just having fun they're like oh we need we need how do we make this character just funny oh just make him obsessed with ducks <laughs> <laughs> like okay <laughs> that works yeah that's that's random and enough for me cool let's do it what Hugh has some really funny lines in this movie uh, one of my favorites is when Jimmy's sneaking out of the house and Hugh's like, oh, you know what? It happens all the time. I one time was grounded as a kid and I couldn't attend my friend's bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How old were you? How old was your friend that was getting married? How old were you that you were getting grounded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, right? was he like a 10 year old that was best friends with like a 25 year old that's one of those things that when i was a kid just went right over my head my head (laughs) you know didn't get that it doesn't make any sense yeah i i don't know a lot a lot of stuff he says i mean jim jimmy james jimbo uh son (laughs) i can't figure out what to call his son (laughs) Oh my goodness. And there's that part where Jimmy has that really uh, ac- big accident in the house where stuff catches on fire and he's playing with his jetpack and yeah. You know, there's there's a mishap and Hugh has that line, "You got to admit that is pretty cool or that is pretty neat." I remember seeing that in the commercials all the time for the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a good memory. Yeah, and she's like and his mom's like, "Uh no, it's not. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's bad. Really bad, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. The chimney fell off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love him. He's so great. Yeah. Which of these characters uh, did you really enjoy on your rewatch? Or were there, you know, or as a kid, either way? Uh, honestly, I mean, probably carl is the one that that stood out the most to me (laughs) i just felt so bad for carl and like you know he's just going along for the ride and his demeanor and his uh you know personality is just it's just hilarious just 
just precious. Yeah. Hey, this you know this astronaut food isn't too bad. Uh, that's toothpaste, Carl. <laughs> oh, minty. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember ever having astronaut food candy as a kid? Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought about when he said that. Yeah, like I, I feel like I got it in my stocking a couple times. That stuff was weird. Yeah, that stuff was weird. Very weird. <laughs> I'm like, why did? What was he doing with the, with the you know tube of toothpaste anyway? <laughs> like, I don't know. And then he gets his belly rubbed every night before bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's such a uh, you know. It's such contrast to nick who's like super cool and he's over there listening he's like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah carl weezer got to get that name in there we'll talk about nick in a second carl is without a doubt i mean i guess he wouldn't be that old now i mean this he would be about our age but he is without a doubt when he's 35 he's a 35 year old man child there's no other way around it yeah, 100%. Unless, who knows, maybe he hit puberty and now he's a, he was a stud in college. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's a stud now, like um, like uh, Josh Peck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Sheen Estevez? What do you think of Sheen? Uh, I thought they could have done uh, maybe a little more character development with Sheen. Um, I felt like, I don't know, he's just like struck me as this totally just goofy out in space kind of <laughs> dude. Um, and that's just about all I got from it. Obviously he loves ultra Lord. Um, but you know, it was just, you know, he was just kind of there, I think for comic relief, whereas Carl, I think had a little more developed character. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was entertaining and funny and you get, you get to know Sheen a little bit more through the show, which is, which is cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just like a perfect uh, contrast, uh, you know, between them and Jimmy, and the, the balance is, is really good with him being so smart, but also, fit, you know, fitting in so well uh, with that fan group with his, you know, um, equal clumsiness and, and, and goofiness as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, if you identified with Jimmy as a kid, I identified as Sheen in some ways. <laughs> yeah i can see that a little bit sheen i feel like he's probably funnier to like okay so i i feel like some people probably found him annoying like no doubt someone had to have found him annoying i thought i was gonna think i don't know if he's that funny like maybe he's funnier for kids but he is pretty funny in this movie he is pretty fun pretty funny yeah for sure um yeah i was i was like it you know it's a little annoying but it's you know it's it's funny yeah um and that's that's why i thought you know maybe a little more character development i guess would have made me sort of understand it more yeah and um, we find but, out we don't know where his mom is because yeah stuff like that yeah you know so but that's what the show's for yeah um it's true you know they only have a limited amount of time in the movie to to you know tell the story so I think they did a good job with making him not, you know, overly ridiculous, but also enough to be like, you know, memorable. Like I remember Sheen from that movie. He stood out as just this spectacularly ridiculous character. <laughs> <laughs> did but, you know that Sheen 
had his own spin-off show for a short bit called Planet Sheen. So I did know that, actually. Oh. And uh, I don't think it lasted very long. No. I think it was on for maybe a year. And I don't really know how you can make a show based around Sheen. I think that's what I what I thought, what I remember thinking when I first saw it. I was like, yeah, this is going to last very long. <laughs> but actually, good on them for, for trying. It lasted two years. That's two and a half years. That's not bad. That's longer than I would have expected. 50 episodes. Wow, really? Yeah. It says, oh, that I did not know. It says 26 whole episodes and 50 segments. So, okay, so maybe that means that two segments per episode. Maybe that's what right, it means. Yeah. Okay, that sounds that sounds pretty good. So, accurate. yeah, around 25 episodes. But did you ever see that show? I, I, well, I think I remember seeing like one episode or something and being kind of impressed with, you know, that the animation was a little more advanced um, in terms of the, actual show content i really don't remember any of it it was maybe just you know it was it was i guess i remember that was kind of outrageous just you know as you expect a show that's all focused around uh, around sheen to be yeah um but i guess that wasn't for everybody obviously and if it was it would have continued for a lot longer but yeah so sheen's obsession with ultra lord and when he meets Ultra Lord, reminded me of a story that I heard about your brother Jackson recently. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you're going to have to verify the truth to this story. But one of Jackson's best friends, Jonathan, Jonathan Jaggard, was telling me recently about a time when Jackson was probably about five or six years old, had a birthday party. Someone came dressed up as Spider-Man, and he was, like, losing his mind. Spider-Man! Oh, my gosh! Spider-Man! Yeah. Yeah. I I do remember that. That did happen. And uh, I remember the guy. I know the guy that that, that dressed up as as Spider-Man was... um, uh, one of our babysitters <laughs> from the time, and he and uh, he believed he actually it. went to CHA. You know Carl Herndon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who it was. <laughs> and so I guess my mom convinced him to to do that and to make a surprise appearance. But uh, Jackson had a lot of character obsessions <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> I couldn't really compare him to Sheen because he has you know probably like went through twenty phases of different characters he was obsessed <laughs> with. But when he you know, in each one of those phases, he was, he was full, you know, hundred percent in obsessed with whoever that was at the time, like Sheen was, but in Sheen's case, it's perpetually ultra Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then another part to that story was that you were dressed up as the green goblin or something like that. And he got really mad that he was like, Hey, that's <laughs> Barry. <laughs> I don't remember that, but, uh, honestly, I, Trust his memory of her mind. <laughs> We're gonna have to ask your brother about that. Anyway, maybe I was just trying to get a get a rise out of him or something. But that's goofy. It's really funny. Okay, so you brought up Nick, and Nick is in terms of you think about what surprised you and what did you not remember. I don't remember yeah. Nick being this big of a character in the movie. Honestly, uh, yeah, I well. I wasn't really surprised uh, by the amount of 
screen time he got. It was pretty uh, pretty much what I remember. Oh, okay. Um, but I do remember him seeming a lot cooler than he actually is. <laughs> yeah, this guy. <laughs> when sucks. I was that age, I was like, "This guy isn't cool at all." No. Like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's that's what stood out to me. He serves a purpose and is a driving force in this movie that encourages a lot of bad behavior from other kids, peer pressure, but really at his core is not that cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he comes off as, as this big tough guy and all that. And I was like, this guy's like a scrawny kid. I, like, <laughs> I mean, you'd think they would have made him, you know, look bigger or something if they, if, you know, they were going to designate him as the guy that was going to go, you know, fight this advanced alien civilization all on his own once they all got there. <laughs> when I when I heard that, I was like, okay. <laughs> but then, say, like, then then he comes up to those guards and he, he like, kicks their tails. Yeah, he does. And I was like, wow, that's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that part because I remember as they were setting this up, and it might be just a little bit predictable watching it as an adult that you're like, okay, this guy's totally going to wet his pants when his big moment comes. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised of how well he did with the guards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I, and I think I remembered that from the from the first time I saw it, that he kind of freaked out at, at one point. And yeah. so when I saw him coming out with, with the guards for the first time, time i was like oh here it is. here's that part you know where he he you know we see nick's true colors and uh he ended up you know putting up a decent fight at first but then uh for some reason it was a chicken that just was a little too much for <laughs> yeah him. chicken so i've got something a funny line from sheen that uh <laughs> this involves nick they have the fight when they're both in prison and they start arguing, and <laughs> Sheen says, "You're just picking on me because you're insecure." <laughs> Sheen said that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that was kind of a like a quick quick line there. Yeah. Yeah. Easy and, to miss. Which is funny because Sheen is so stupid, but that's such a smart like comment. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> it's really funny because they have just this inconsistency with you know their intelligence throughout the entire movie, and I think it's I think it's pretty pretty funny I got, I got kind of a kick out of that just the whole the fact that you know carl was able to turn that you know butterfly ride into a rocket you know on his <laughs> own and it didn't really work at first but then like it does so i'm, I'm just like okay <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like it's you bring up an interesting point because in a lot of these kids shows it's like you've got these and disney shows too like even these shows that like preteens teenagers watch whether it's hannah montana or whatever it's like the kids are always like way smarter than the adults like the adults are always like the adults tend to be a lot of hue neutrons yeah very true yeah i mean uh uh, uh what's a good example the fairly odd parents yeah great example of that <laughs> yep it's true You'll have to check out the SNL sketch that's like how to be a Disney Channel actor. It's pretty funny. It, it kind of <laughs> okay. goes through like how to make fun of an adult that's really dumb and <laughs> how to be a Disney Channel actor. Yeah, something like that. All right, I'm gonna look that. She sounds really funny. <laughs> okay, uh, 
you're going to check that out later, right? Not right now. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Later. <laughs> <laughs> or mid podcast reaction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then a couple other characters that in terms of the kids, the other two characters that are going to be along for the ride, you've got Cindy and Libby, and they're also big characters on a TV show. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, Cindy and, and Jimmy sort of have that tense relationship as they're, they're yeah. you know, going through a uh, you know, transition period in their life where you go from being kids and just hating each other just because of your, you know, gender. Yeah. Um, hate boys. Apparently that's that's seems like Cindy's a little bit ahead, though, with that, um, you know, with that process of, of uh, starting to like like. Uh, guys. Well, girls mature faster than boys do, so it makes sense. It does. It makes sense. And absolutely, Libby is kind of a little like Sheen in terms of she's just kind of log for the ride, and we don't really go deep into her and her story, but she's just kind of a fun character who is a sidekick. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, kind of a sidekick to uh, to cindy who is uh also very smart sort of a mirror image of of jimmy but not quite uh not quite i guess as smart as he is but she's a little more calculated and cindy she yeah she has like better street smarts than jimmy does yeah exactly and i mean she's book smart too but i really appreciate Sydney more now than I did as a kid. I think she's a good complex character to have. I agree. She's very complex. And uh, just the whole, you know, obviously her, her personality and, and, you know, the fact that she's smart, also street smart, but you know, the whole, whole development of the, you know, attraction to Jimmy because um, of how smart he is. But also that how it manifests is, you know, um, through lines that she says where she's she's upset with him for you know various reasons or you know just just doesn't like him or acts like she doesn't like him. But you know, as we discover throughout the movie as it goes on, that that's that's not really the case. No. <laughs> but at the same time, she's into Nick too. So it's yeah, very complex. Yeah, very complex. And we should touch on our two main antagonists, which are, I'm going to have to look up these names, make sure I get them right. I want to say them correctly. (laughs) Uh, Ublar and King, where it's King Gubot. And they got a couple of pretty good stars in these voice roles. Yeah. I I don't know who they are though. (laughs) Okay. So, King Gubot is voiced by Patrick Stewart, who is Professor Charles Xavier in the X-Men series. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, in Martin Short is Ublar for the comic relief. Wow. I, I wonder how they nailed those guys down <laughs> Well, <laughs> for this movie. I don't know. I mean, those aren't the biggest of names. And if you want to make an animated movie that's going to compete with what Pixar and Disney are throwing out there where they're getting some big stars, you know, Tim, Tim Allen, Tom Hanks and Toy Story. 
toss any names out there. I mean, these aren't the biggest of names, but that, that there's a couple sure. of nice names to have in here. Yeah, I mean, it definitely adds to the the credibility of of the movie overall. Just having having those names and you know even those smaller roles. And the species is known as the Yokians. I remember that, uh, you know, as a kid being like Yokians, because they're shaped like eggs. Because they, <laughs> so they're basically like the yolks in the egg, and the egg is their, you know, little like space, sort of levitating suit that lets them move around. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just wondering, like, what's with the egg theme? Like, how do they come up with that? I don't know, but it it works, right? <laughs> yeah, I wondered about that as a kid, and then this time I watched it, and it made a little more sense. Well, I'm like, why is there, why are they eggs, and then why is there a chicken? And I was like, oh, it's something with the did the chicken come first before the egg? Right. Yeah. So I I thought about that, but I'm like, what 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 is that? Now, or what does that uh, you know thought experiment or whatever have to do with with the rest of the movie? Like, well, <laughs> I don't. It's know. just the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Yeah. So it's really weird. You've got like these living uh, fetuses, basically the, the eggs, right? That don't ever hatch into anything more than an egg. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's interesting, um, and I, I was even thinking about like so, so Poultra, like the the yes. massive chicken, is their god or whatever, and I'm like, okay, well, why why is it their god? Is it because like it's just a gigantic chicken, or is it because like they came from Poultra, and you don't know, you kind of, or did they create Poultra? I was wondering about that, too. The thing I was thinking, I'm like, all right, so there has to be some sort of an evolutionary theme in this that they keep talking about because they're like, this is an advanced species. And so Poultra actually became a chicken and it wasn't just an egg. So for whatever, I don't know how Poultra got there and how they all got there or what, but he's the only, to our, to our knowledge the only chicken that we see on this planet. So I guess all of the eggs all worship the chicken. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. But, uh, you know. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could see why, you know, the the egg, which theoretically, you know, we mostly understand to come from chickens, would, would consider the chicken to be, you know, their god or their their mother or father, whatever, you know. So, you know, without getting into it too much, it's, it's you know, it, it works. <laughs> it I, works. Yeah, it works, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about one of my favorite parts of the movie, which I think is going to be a really fun part to talk about, is this lawless society when all the parents are gone. There's a little bit of commentary here in the sense of, it shows like you can't just have kids doing whatever they want to do. Parents, you got to like, you can't just let your kids dictate how they want to live their lives. You have to set up some structure, some boundaries. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a valid mass message. Um, and it's actually, uh, you know, uh, one of the truer parts of the, of the movie. 
so it's it's definitely a very you know valid message um and uh it doesn't i think just apply to kids but it you know applies to yeah you know people like our age too we we you know if we don't kind of self police ourselves and and create good hab- habits and hold ourselves accountable for things you know it's it's the same the same thing would happen to us except it kind of happens in the form of um you know, drinking or uh, going out and partying really late at night. And then obviously that has consequences that manifest in the following day with being hung over and, you know, just being a mess overall. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's, that's funny because I was like, oh my gosh, Jimmy's hung over. <laughs> what is yeah. going on? Never under, never understood that part before. Yeah. No, I didn't get that when I was a kid at all. Uh, but when I saw, it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a, you know, um, going out and partying too hard the night before and then being hung over the next day and, you know, feeling, um, sick to your stomach in this case, because of all the, you know, food and stuff. That Cotton candy. <laughs> that one He's also like, stomach. oh, I have a headache. Yeah, he does say that. And then Nick says, I remember when I had my first time. Yeah, okay, that too, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I remember when I All had right. my first beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember my first beer. Stepbrothers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the other so, thing that stood yeah. out to me about that whole thing was, like, okay, so the aliens came and they took all the parents, right? But there were no adults in the whole, like, world, right? In so, Retroville. Oh, just in that city? Yeah, that's what I gathered. Okay. Because, yeah, I was thinking about that idea. Is like, there have to be more adults if they took everyone from Earth, but there wasn't any sort of like, oh, here are the kids from Africa or Asia or Europe or whatever. Right. Like, you'd have some kids showing up who speak a different language. Yeah. And I, it's more convenient for as a plot for it to just be Retroville because... Then you have right. to bring in other characters and all that, especially okay. when these are you're introducing us all these characters for the first time. All right, so if it's just Retroville, then um, when the aliens come, are they just taking parents or are they taking all the adults? That's what I was. That's a to, great question. Trying to figure out because then they go like to the candy bar or whatever, and I'm like, well, there should be you know, like the guy who runs the candy bar who wasn't in this movie, but him like he probably doesn't have kids. So he's probably he's probably not a parent, or at least we don't know. We don't see them. Um, but there's there's no adults in that whole candy bar, like they're or you know in the whole the whole uh, town. So I don't yeah. know. That's just what I was thinking. About. And all but, the adults that we saw, it looked like matched up with a kid. All the right. kid, like all the adults that were having wearing the mind control devices, it looked like they each had a kid that was. Uh, corresponding to them and they were all happy to see their kid again right so this is this must be another point where it's just convenient to make the movie that way right where i guess they didn't want to have like oh there's the random guy and he doesn't have a kid to greet him and so yeah this is convenienced a little bit yeah and, I, and that's what i was saying earlier like there's plot holes like that but you know it they can get away with it because you know, it's it, one. It's a kids' movie, and and two, it's like, you know, the whole the whole thing is so ridiculous that, 
you know, it's it's entertaining and just because of that, that they don't have to go out of their way to explain little things like that. Yeah, they weren't expecting a couple of guys to pick it apart 18 years later on a yeah, podcast. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it worked. It does look like there are no adults in Retroville because the stuff the kids are able to do are there there's no way like there would be cops that yeah don't have kids that would be like where where are your parents what's going on here and so it in this world in retroville apparently every adult in the town is a parent at this time right it's a little town so maybe that's not too far-fetched yeah or they came and took all the adults and uh, that would include all the parents. And Unless, they weren't uh, able to rescue those other adults. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they only rescued the parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's all that all that matters, right? The kids need the parents. The other adults, like, all right, well, no, no, no one's you. really depending on you. So it's poultry needs fine. to eat. You got to give them something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. Retroville, I like the name of the town. It does look kind of old-timey. Oh, like yeah. I, I 70s about, or 80s feel. Yeah, I, I forgot I thought about that. Um, yeah, ret- I, I didn't piece that together when I was a kid. No, Retroville and the town being, like, retro-looking. Uh, like, the car that they drive is, is, like, from the 60s or 70s, probably. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. But I'm just, like, little things like that. Like, how did they... How did they come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just fun. They're just having a good time. Just So what was your favorite part of the sequence where we're seeing all the they're playing Blitzkrieg Bop and you're seeing the water skiing in the halls, all that kind of stuff? Oh, that's a good question. Um uh, man, I mean, I just say, I guess I would say this is my favorite scene. In the is, movie. I mean, it, it's really it definitely funny. was the best scene in the movie. Um, they're just like it, it, uh, you know, in the school, I guess, and like water skiing in there. I'm, I'm just like, yeah. that is so absurdly <laughs> ridiculous, but it's that's <laughs> just funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it was funny how they all gathered like at the school. You know, yeah, and too. and we're just you know doing whatever they wanted, and it so happens that uh, you know the teacher, you know, Miss yeah. Fowl or whatever, didn't get didn't yep. get abducted, <laughs> so she she was there for the whole thing, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, and Miss Fowl almost dies at the beginning of this movie, too. <laughs> like from the uh, from the caterpillar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the gigantic worm or caterpillar, and looks like they develop a friendship over the course of the movie (laughs) there's some good comic relief yeah that's pretty funny so but yeah she is quite foul (laughs) didn't really realize that when i was a kid yeah she's bird like yeah yeah for sure (laughs) class (laughs) yeah class (laughs) carl (laughs) yeah that's pretty funny yeah, so she must not have gotten abducted just because she was off the radar because she she had, she had shrunk. It's like she disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my favorite part is watching them all line dance in front of the school with 
you know, all the food they're consuming. It just looks so fun. It looks like that is definitely what seven or eight year olds, if they had a day where they can just do whatever they wanted without any consequences, that's what they'd be doing. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Just eating a ridiculous amount of food (laughs) and just, you know, just going crazy, making a huge mess, not cleaning it up. (laughs) There's another theme here, Barry, and that's the theme of consequences that you touched on earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously Jimmy not thinking through what he's what he's doing with sending a, you know, a probe in the space, you know, kind of set think everything into motion here. Pretty big consequences having uh, you know, an alien civilization show up to your planet and just wreak havoc. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that went over my head as a kid. I had never thought about the fact, like, wow, Jimmy's the reason this all happened because he wasn't listening to his parents. And I think I understood the idea that, like, we need our parents and parents are good and we should want to obey them. But there are a couple of things here that I kind of looked the other way on when I was a little kid. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's interesting how Jimmy's kind of a mix of his parents too um yeah he's got his mom's smarts but he has his dad's you know impractical stupidness (laughs) yeah clumsiness (laughs) clumsiness yeah and naivete yeah agreed certainly naive but it does make for a, a very interesting complex character which again like that kind of thing isn't something you expect from a like a kids movie like this so that was that played into me thinking this was actually a well thought out movie. Yeah, it was very. There were some very clever points watching them construct the very different ways that they create their rockets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was just that whole that whole sequence was was like just just funny. I don't know. Like Sheen goes to his favorite ride, like Ultra Lord ride or whatever whatever wherever he gets that car i'm assuming that's like ultra lord's car and and turns it into a rocket <laughs> and he's got these nuclear fuel rods and stuff he's like hey jimmy what do i do with this <laughs> you, and you that's know, that great hilarious. line sheen it's not rocket science oh wait it actually is rocket science <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> but yeah the whole ultra lord thing is great though i mean it's i love how he, he when they go back to the uh go to retro land he goes up to ultra lord and it's just like this dude who's probably single and just <laughs> needs to pay his rent you know is working at retro land dressed up as his ultra lord <laughs> he's like you are now you know part of the galactic forces or whatever and sheen's like oh that's incredible and then he falls over and faints and <laughs> yeah just, and he's like is this kid with anybody <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got well that done. voice. It's a different voice. He's got yeah. the Ultra Lord voice. And that guy, I don't know what his name is, but that voice actor I've heard in a lot of different stuff. Like, I was watching the original Aladdin a few months ago, and I heard that voice in there. He's got a great voice. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you just hear a regular, like, schlub. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take this badge of honor. Thanks. <laughs> Is this kid with anybody? <laughs> yeah, that was great. And Carl loves the llamas. Yep. Yep. 
walks out wearing that, I touch the llama button. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I touched the butt in Finding Nemo a little bit like that. Yeah, exactly. It was just like that. <laughs> and uh, we don't hear a whole lot about Carl's love for llamas, but that will be explored in the series. Yep. Very true. Very true. I also found it funny that this big time ride that they all like going on is called Bat Out of Heck. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I remembered that as as being. I was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna ride on bat on a out of hell or something. And I was like, is that really what it was called? <laughs> and I saw the back bat out of heck. I was like, oh, all right, okay, that makes sense. Also, <laughs> a reference to the classic Meatloaf album from the eighties, Bat Out of Hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. And of course, they find Nick on that ride. Right, a ball ride. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's not just taking the normal path; he's going upside down. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nick is! I just realized, did we see Nick's dad? Does he not have a father figure in his life? Yeah, so that's what I was thinking when when they're meeting all the parents, and uh, everyone has a mom and a dad except for Nick. He just says a mom. So, and, and she just has a dad. Maybe he just went to the bathroom or something. Um, yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> probably If he doesn't not. have a father figure, that might explain the way that he acts. That's what I, That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, okay, figures. He doesn't have a father figure. And I don't think he could really do that, you know, make that kind of point today uh, in 2019, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I think I think father figures are, are important in, in, in kids' lives for a lot of reasons, uh, just as yeah. important as a, as a mother figure. But Yeah. Very, very important. Now, can someone, just to be clear, so we don't get in any trouble, can someone who's raised by a single mother have a great life, have a great parent and a mom that's able to do, it's a superhero type mom? Absolutely. No doubt about it. So much respect for single parents. However, you know, it's tough. Very tough. No, I, I definitely agree with that for sure. So, I want to leave that part and <laughs> get away from that now. Uh, but it's funny, Nick is going upside down, and he kind of has an appearance like a little devil on someone's shoulder. Yeah, well, that's exactly what, you know, the role that he plays in this movie, for sure. Yeah. For sure, with that part when they're walking home from school, and they're like, uh, how do we go to this thing tonight if our parents won't let, won't let us? Oh, we'll sneak out. <laughs> that was a good impression. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Sneak out. <laughs> that wasn't as good. But yeah, so and that was a big catalyst for for the rest of the movie. So I mean, Nick's not not a small role in this movie, even though you know, he doesn't get a lot of screen time. I think the three most fun scenes in this movie. Well, I guess you could have four. One maybe not as. I mean, it's, it looks fun, but it's not as exciting as when they go to Retroland. That's a fun scene, but not to the level of some of these other ones. The uh, Lawless Society scene is great. The part where they all create the rockets is really fun, and seeing them go out into space, and yeah. the girl power that Cindy is all about, and how they put that little uh, drill on the front of their rocket was very clever. Yeah. Just the fact, like the way that some of these these rockets launched too, I was like, okay, yeah. these like fourth grade kids, like <laughs> you know, like this turn this Ferris wheel into a 
like an interstellar rocket that like one side of it drops down the other side like brings it back and then shoots it into the air it's just like i'm like all right and jimmy's like we only need two days just give us two days we'll build it and we'll be good to go yeah two days exactly i'm like just imagine when they when all the adults get back you know the people that are running the park theme park see that all their stuff had been turned into rockets <laughs> oh wait and actually they're all be gone because they left them on the planet yeah. like, two two how many light years away like 30 light years away or something i don't know i think i think that's what he said like in the beginning he's like 30 light years away which means you'd have to go the speed of light which is impossible and then it would still take you 30 years <laughs> to get there yeah but no it takes them like 20 minutes or no two days i guess because they they sleep on that that like asteroid or whatever <laughs> yeah is they slept on an asteroid i thought it was going to be a moon or a planet not know that you could uh gravitate on an asteroid and just have a camping trip on it yeah yeah without any spacesuits or anything but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know that's that suspended uh you know realistic belief or whatever <laughs> it's like yeah. obviously not <laughs> not real but it's it's funny and entertaining yeah there are a lot of things we could point to in this movie about that but <laughs> exactly. at this point we're just ignoring it yeah you know just like right from the get-go jimmy uh you know just right before school takes off into space and then <laughs> you know uh confronts the, or gets confronted by the military and um you know that in of, of itself is pretty bad <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, you know, comes back down and crashes his rocket onto his house roof and is totally fine. Not a, not a scratch. Maybe his hair just gets a little messed up. But Barry, is this movie anti-military? Because he's not getting along with the military at the beginning. And then he raises his underwear in place of the American flag. Wow, that's deep. I didn't, I didn't really think about that. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, yeah. Honestly, that's a that is a good question. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. The military does good not. things for us. Um, yes, keeps us safe. Word. The last scene that I think is really really fun is watching all these kids kick the snot out of all the Yokians and you. You know, this is a trope you see in a lot of movies in the fight scene where they each have their quirky ways of how they're fighting them. But I thought this was pretty clever with Carl's pepper spray inhaler and Libby's yeah. headphones that she blasts. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Some of those ways that they they kill them were like, I was just like, that is just goofy. She just throws her headset on him and turns up the volume and he just like explodes. <laughs> I'm like, that's just so absurdly ridiculous that it's great. And then and he sprays her with, sprays one of them with uh, Carl sprays it with his inhaler and he's like, oh, I can't see. And then he like turns around and runs and flies into the wall like 30 miles an hour and and dies. It's just, it's just funny. <laughs> but uh, at the end when, when uh, I thought it was interesting how, how you know, Jimmy's kind of character arc comes full circle and he uh you know goes from being called scrawny and and um you know feeling inadequate a white dwarf yeah white dwarf exactly (laughs) to being this physically huge 
kid is a result of his intellect in creating that, you know, shrink ray or whatever, which shrink slash grow ray. So I thought that was that was well done. But um, I did think the arc was a little weird because kind of the first half of the movie, I, I was like, well, it seems like, you know, Jimmy's main issue here is that he doesn't think through things or he uh, kind of, you know, uh, screws up a lot of his inventions or whatever. And I was like, OK, well, that's the kind of the problem that he has to overcome. And then kind of halfway through, you know, on the when they're sleeping on the planet, it kind of turns into, oh, like people call me small and incapable but I guess that kind of goes along with with the, um, you know, being being, uh, you know, having having issues with his his inventions. It's kind of those two sort of hurdles that he has to get over. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about. Maybe it's that he is a little naive as a result of feeling like people call him small. That he wants to prove everyone wrong, and so. He his motive he's motivated sometimes just to be like I'm gonna prove these people wrong and show that I am right and I know what I'm doing and that leads him to some poor right. decisions. Right. Well, and then at the the end, it all gets resolved when he you know fixes all his you know fixes his mistake and everybody's closer because of it and you know it ends up being kind of a good thing at, at the end that that it happened. So. Yeah, do you think Jimmy learned his lesson? Uh, or did he not because he's going to get into some, some weird adventures well, on yeah, the show? Well, yeah, I was going to say that. I think, I think, you know, I think he learned something from it. I think he's, I don't think, you know, part of who he is is to, you know, do things kind of like that. But I think now he'll be a little bit more cautious for, you know, he, he and think through things a little bit more than he did before (laughs) so yeah well barry how well did this movie hold up for you on a rewatch it you know it actually held up a a lot better than i thought it would um i i enjoyed it i if i had never seen it before you know like i still would have probably thought that it was it was you know a a funny movie but you know a lot of clever and cute yeah clever and and yeah exactly um but, you know, part of what a lot of what made it really enjoyable for me was the nostalgia aspect of it, um, you know, as well as the the fact that it was a you know a funny movie. And I could just see how, you know, the people that made it were, you know, were just having fun with it. And that was something that I really enjoyed. Um, so it, it actually held up really well. And I actually looked at the reviews and I think it, it got like a 75 percent which is pretty good on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's good for a kid's movie. That's really that's, good. That's really good. So, um, yeah. So I kind of watched a couple episodes of the show, too, after that because I was in, intrigued. <laughs> and it just brought up a lot of, you know, not just reminders about the show, but just kind of that time in my life when I was in third grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You know, that period just brought back a lot of emotions, thoughts, images, and, and all that. So that was pretty enjoyable. That's cool. Yeah, last summer I did a podcast episode with C.J. Revis, our buddy from Homeroom, and uh, we talked about backyard baseball and so had similar reaction going back and playing that game, and it brought back so many memories of playing baseball as a kid in the park. Yeah. 
on a team or just in people's backyards and sure it's always fun to have that those memories attached yeah and part of it like i said i kind of identified with jimmy and not that i was like a genius or anything or super smart when i was a kid but i just felt like i don't know i was kind of a different kid in some ways um yeah I don't know. I, I would get in that. It'd be a long, a long, you know, a longer discussion. <laughs> but I just felt like kind of, you know, I didn't. I I had you know a smaller group of friends when I was a kid. I didn't sort of identify with with everybody else and what they wanted to do. It kind of felt like a little bit of a little bit of an outsider, and that's kind of how Jimmy, you know, is. Um, but that doesn't make him completely wor- worthless or anything. He's obviously you know super smart and and bright future ahead of him, but you know, that's kind of how I identified with, with him, like in that way, just being kind of, kind of different, I guess. But, but, you know, in a good way, I would say looking back, but yeah. So it was, it was interesting, yeah. you know, going back and watching and kind of reliving those, those kind of feelings that I had when I was a kid. So, well, you were the perfect guest to talk about this with. We still got a couple more things we'll touch on. I'm not letting you go quite yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, I had a similar another. I had a similar reaction. I felt that way when I watched A Bug's Life, which was, if you remember, that was like my what Jimmy Neutron was to you as a kid. Bug's Life was to me and Flick. I felt I identified with him in a lot of ways, and it's yeah, it's it's fun to have that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I do. I remember <laughs> that was even like before Jimmy Neutron. Like for you, I, yeah. I remember you really liking that movie a lot. Yeah, and that is yeah, a good I had movie. A Bug's Life backpack. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, that will have to ha- that will be definitely have to be a podcast at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I do think this movie holds up really well. It's kind of funny some of these dated reference and also the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack a lot. Uh, talk about that in a second. But Libby's cell phone is one of those early two thousands <laughs> phones with yeah, I saw that. the little antenna. And, and her, and her it CD looks like a flip player. Phone. It's not even an MP3 player. It's a CD <laughs> player. <laughs> oh gosh, she's great. I like her. Yeah, it, she's a good character. I mean, they're and picking out her ringtone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're all good characters. I, I mean, you don't get stuff like that as, as often these days anymore. So, yeah, and that's what's funny is like when sometimes we. As mid twenties, you know, I'm 24. You're 25. I haven't gotten to 25 yet, but we'll talk about those old shows that we liked, and then we'll compare it to if we have a younger sibling. I know you, you have a brother who's quite a bit younger than you, so you probably saw some of the shows that he liked uh, when he was still watching Nick, and or if you babysat or whatever, and you've seen some of the recent stuff, you're like, wow. This just isn't very good. This is not good. Yeah. And what some people are like, well, is was it just good because you grew up with it? Yeah. And so it's fun to revisit it and see, was it actually good? Because sometimes I watch stuff and I'm like, wow, that was not very good. Max Keeble's big move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a movie I thought was really funny as a kid. I remember the title and a bit of the movie. No. Nah. Yeah, it's it's I I get what you're saying. Like I uh, watched that Max watched, um, you know, even four or five years ago, not that long ago, and when he was 
close to the age that I was at that time. And I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell when you're, because you're kind of comparing apples to oranges when you're yeah. doing that. Because, you know, at, at this at my age, you have a different perspective on stuff like that. But um, so you try to be careful with, with that. But some of the shows are just, I don't know. I'm like, I mean, we could get into how they're different, but that would be a whole other podcast probably. Yeah. <laughs> Some sometimes I'm like, this this stuff seems a lot more just outrageous than than like what <laughs> I remember as a kid. But Yeah. So let me, I'm gonna ask you another question, then we have one last topic to talk about. So Barry, did you have any gripes with this movie? Did I have any gripes? I I had one. You know, I nothing stood out to me, and I wasn't really watching it with sort of a critical uh, lens yeah. through critical lens. But um, let me hear yours first. Okay, it's a minor gripe. It's not a big deal. I don't really like Jimmy's voice. He's voiced by a woman, and he, I think his voice just sounds a little too girly. I was going to bring that up at one point. I was going to say that it was his voice is like voiced by a woman. I found that out. Um, and I thought that was kind of weird. I agree. I, I do agree with that. And I've had that thought before. I actually had that thought like in the past. I was like, why does this kid sound like he just has a weird voice? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. And look, it's weird. I'm going to say there have been lots of female voice actors who have done male characters and done a great job. So it's not just the fact that it is a woman. It's just the fact that the voice sounds like a little girl's voice. It doesn't sound like a boy's voice, like Carl's voice, Sheen's voice, Nick's voice. All the other guys in this movie have voices of little boys. And I'm not saying like they have to sound super masculine because they're kids. But I just feel like Jimmy's voice is, it just does not, it sounds like a little girl's voice. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I was like, this is bad, honestly. I, I agree <laughs> with that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I was watching the movie, and I think I, that thought crossed my mind. I was like, I'm just not really going to engage that thought. I just kind of <laughs> went with it. Um, but I know what you're saying, and I, I, didn't, I didn't love it. I guess maybe going on with that, you know, like, his voice and his whole, I think the whole just aversion to girls was played up a little bit too much. I was like, I don't remember like just hating girls with the, <laughs> with every fire of my body when I was that age. Like, you know, yeah, I wasn't it, like, like ear to, you know, be in a relationship with a girl or anything at that point or anything like that. But it wasn't like, you know, I'd look at a girl and be like, oh, that's disgusting, you know? Yeah. So it's like a caricature of what kids are like. And I think a more accurate depiction is Arthur, where the kids, like the boys and the girls, like sometimes they're maybe not the best of friends at all times, but they are friends. They get along. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably my main gripe with the movie is that because I think it I think I remember as a kid that kind of perpetuating or furthering that perception of girls being like this mysterious thing. And obviously there, there are a lot of differences and growing up and maturity and, and the experience of being a girl, you know, in America, I guess um, that's 
being questioned now, but you know, I, I, I don't think it needed <laughs> to be that, you know, hyped or just, just highlighted as much in the movie. I thought they could have gotten along a little, a little better and not just at the, at the end, you know, that's, that's my main gripe. Cause I, you know, I think it just promotes sort of, you know, kids not, you know, like girls being water and water and oil, just not mixing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's true just yeah. because you're, you're really young or before puberty or whatever, but that's not a huge deal. Uh, overall, it no. didn't ruin it for me or anything. though. And it does seem like, I mean, I think that it's mainly Cindy who doesn't get along with the guys is whereas Libby seems to get along fine with them. And then there's a scene where they go into the candy bar and the girls pie the guys in the face and it looks like they're just having fun and like it's like a you know a water gun fight or a water balloon fight or something like that that you know was pretty common at that age whereas it does seem like it's mainly just with Cindy yeah it's mainly with Cindy yeah I agree with that uh and Jimmy too I think you know when when they're like looking at each other in space and Jimmy like goes and makes it all weird just like be nice. Yeah. Like you don't have to hate her just because. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't love that. But other than that, yeah. S- you know, not a huge, huge deal or anything. Yeah, because like the, the other, all the other characters seem to get along fine, and it's just mainly those two. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you do get a couple of glimpses of 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 you know that sort of changing. Like they're like right on the verge of of you know reaching that phase where they want to interact more you know like when he's talking about dances and stuff the next the next year and you know when they're in prison and she comes up to him and gives him a pep talk and stuff you know you can kind of see glimpses of that changing but they're they're few and far between all right well there is one last thing i want to talk about that is the future for the franchise. Okay, so we're going to mention there was a show. We already talked about it. It was Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. It was a pretty good show. I probably... I'm going to watch a couple episodes now after watching this like you did. Uh, but in addition to that, I found out that they were planning a sequel to go into theaters after how big a success this was. It just never got out of production purgatory. They never got anywhere with that. Had you heard of that before? I, it's possible. Um, I don't think so, though. And uh, yeah, that's really too bad that they didn't. Though I thought I thought it, you know, a sequel would have been been warranted, especially after you know the show ran for four years. I thought they might have. But maybe, maybe that's why they didn't do it. Maybe the show kind of started dying out after the fourth year, and they're like, well, it's probably not worth it anymore. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's what's interesting, Barry. According to 20, uh, in 2016, someone from the show or from Nick, they started talking about the idea of rebooting the franchise. I don't know if that's in the form of a movie or a new show, but I'm here for it. I want to see it. I think they should reboot it. I think they could. There's some stuff they could improve upon. I think they could make the, you know, the characters and the animation and stuff look incredible, especially with how 
technology has has advanced, they could actually fix Jimmy's voice so it doesn't sound like a tiny girl. <laughs> and uh, I think people would watch it. I, re- I really do. Um, like a lot of the, you know, the reboots. They seems like like studios have been doing that a lot recently. Like yeah, um, Disney's doing it a lot. Yeah, Disney for sure. Like Toy Story is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and obviously this wasn't or as... Disney Channel with uh, Girl Meets World, Raven's Home. Yeah, stuff like that. And people will watch it just because uh, you know it's a reboot of, of a classic. And I think Jimmy Neutron is is though it's not like at that SpongeBob legendary you know level. Yeah. It's, I think it's worth you know maybe giving it another shot, but it's kind of. Kind of fifty-fifty, I guess. Maybe a little, maybe sixty-forty, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, and I would totally be be here for it if they do it. So yeah, neither the movie or show has been immortalized, such as SpongeBob. The kids nowadays, I my neighbor's kids, I drive them to Awana sometimes or to soccer practice or whatever, and they love SpongeBob. And SpongeBob's a big hit now, and yeah. one of the kids said that. They've watched Jimmy Neutron at school. Like when they have an indoor recess, they put on, like they've put it on a couple times. Yeah. So they they've been introduced to the show. I don't think a lot of kids though have seen this movie, which is a bummer. I think it'd be fun to revisit it. And the precedent was also set by the Hey Arnold reboot. Well, not really a reboot, but they made that movie two years ago after 15 years of nothing. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People like nostalgia. They And there are people who have kids now who, maybe not, okay, if they watch Jimmy Neutron, they probably don't have kids old enough to watch the show now. But with Hey Arnold, like, they're, that was a little older. There were people who have kids now, and they can show that to their kids. Yeah. And it's, it's a good thing to show them because I think it inspires them to think about, you know, science and technology and stuff i mean it definitely did that for me so uh, and it's a fun way fun way to do it i guess too yeah it is educational in some ways too not quite a magic school bus but yeah yeah no you do learn some stuff yeah so more enjoyable to watch the magic school bus i would say i agree yeah magic school bus is a little cringy (laughs) (laughs) it was it was fine but (laughs) And I know there are people who listen to this that like it. It wasn't, but it wasn't like a show that I was going to watch when I was out of school. Yeah. Like, it'd be fun if they put that on in class and we didn't have to do anything. It'd be fun. But, like, Jimmy Neutron is a show that I'd watch on Friday nights on the Friday night Nicktoons or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Man, Friday night Nicktoons, um, is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. And watch, haven't been watching Nickelodeon as much these days. What <laughs> have not? Well, they do have. I no longer have Xfinity, but when I had Xfinity, I had the Teen Nick channel. Yeah, which was excellent. They put a lot of old stuff on there, like Drake and Josh, and all that old episodes of that. Keenan and Kel, lots of good stuff on there. Amanda Show, that's always fun to revisit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I agree. Yep, the nostalgia factor takes me back to Saturday mornings, like you know, during fourth grade, sitting there on my my couch 
you know, avoiding <laughs> homework and other responsibilities and just watching Nicktoons. <laughs> How about the soundtrack? I like the soundtrack. It brought back a lot of memories hearing Kids in America. Yeah. I mean, just the, the like the beginning when they introduce, you know, Jimmy Neutron is, you know, when he's flying through his bubble to school. Yeah. And uh, done by Bowling for Soup, by the way. Okay. And then they used it for the theme song, too, for the show. It may have been a different recording of the theme song for the show. Oh, I could okay. be wrong. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, possibly. I, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so there's there's that, like, Kids in America. That's kind of all I remember from it, though. So I'm looking at the soundtrack right now. I'm going to give you some names on this soundtrack, and then we're going to sign off. Okay. Okay. But this is gonna this is gonna bring you back. All right, Bowling for Soup, Aaron Carter, N Sync, Lil Romeo, Nick Cannon, Britney Spears. Oh my gosh, dude! Backstreet Boys, No Secrets, and then there were a couple older songs with the Ramones and uh, the Go Go's with We Got the Beat. But that yeah, that sounds right. like the early two thousands to me. <laughs> it's really amazing like i mean because at one point that was that i don't know like it's just it's weird like that was those were the hot people at the time hot singers or whatever and there's nothing none of them like britney spears is, is like still around but she you know and in sync is broken up justin timberlake is still big um aaron carter who knows where he is <laughs> he did a like two years ago he had a concert at a bar in valparaiso <laughs> i kid you not yeah okay so he's he's very much uh faded <laughs> <laughs> i think he may have done a show at carthage too and i was like what the heck is going on here <laughs> yeah I, I only remember like uh what is it? I want candy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lizzie McGuire <laughs> like, episode. Terrible song. And then I just remember Lizzie McGuire, or not Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> Hillary Duff and some get, maybe it was Lindsay Lohan. I don't remember, like fighting over him or something like that. <laughs> that's just about all I know about Aaron Carter. <laughs> yeah. All I remember. That's about the same. All right. Well, Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Let me ask you real quick do you have anything that you would like to? plug or promote on this podcast any social media handles anything of that nature man i wish i uh i wish i had something i i don't i don't okay but, um next time you want to review a nickelodeon movie i'll have something for you <laughs> all right well i'd love to do that that'd be really fun cool 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 did a great job and i look forward to having you on here again soon yeah absolutely that was a quick hour and a half i know <laughs> that went by fast yeah all right. So All right. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Anytime. Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press on Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today is June 5th, and it is a special bonus episode of the podcast. That's right. It's going to be a very fun one today. Had a good time talking some sports earlier this week on Monday with Bear Coatman, not to be confused with my guest today, Barry Dunn. And so if you're interested in that, you can go back and listen. We talked about the finals. We talked about some Major League Baseball. Last week, 
this was less than a week ago. I had Parker Gatewood on. We previewed the finals. We talked a lot about the Raptors and what they're going to need to have to do in order to take down Golden State. And prior to that one, I had Rachel Gerhardt on. We talked about a lot of reality TV, The Bachelorette, Amazing Race, Survivor, The Challenge, and a little bit of Saturday Night Live. So if any of that piques your interest, go back, listen to that. This is my fourth podcast in about 11 days, so chugging along here, having a good time. Hope everyone's enjoying the summer. So today is going to be a really fun episode. We will not be talking sports today, which is why I mentioned all the other stuff you can go back and listen to if you were looking for some sports talk. So today, I'm going to be talking about a classic movie from my childhood, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, not the, not the series. We're talking about the film today from 2001, and I have a great guest joining me right now, Barry Dunn, who, Barry, this was your favorite movie as a kid? 